Oh well, that's all ancient history now. No turkey! Ho ho ho, hello, and welcome to this festive edition of That's All Ancient History Now, the podcast that celebrates misrule, but not just in midwinter. I am your Father Christmas, Pascal Kempson, and with me today is one of my favourite little elves, Jacob Paik. Ho ho, hello. Ho ho, hello there. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Did you have a good Christmas yesterday? I'm sure I will, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I bet you I bet you did, actually. Yeah, you too. Well, I hope you did. Don't you, thank you. Don't you normally cook, like, a big salmon? Yeah, for, um, like, dinner, dinner, supper. Yeah. Tea. Oh, after the turkey. Yeah. Oh, do you have lunch? Yes. Oh. At, like, one o'clock. Wow. With uh, the turkey. I can't believe that. Why I'm not? A, I'm a dinner guy. Oh, really? So what do you eat during the day? Uh, good question. Well, because of how my uh, life is, uh, I have breakfast at my mum's, uh, decent presents, and I go to my dad's, and then I kind of just have snacks, you know? Uh, Get around my dad's and I've got a bunch of snacks waiting for me, and my presents. Christmas snacks. Christmas snacks, of course. We're talking, well, I don't know, they're Christmas to my dad, because like, he doesn't eat crisps, but they'll definitely be Pringles. Um, oh, yeah. There'll be, you know, mixed nuts, maybe some uh, sugar-coated peanuts, honey-roasted peanuts, that kind of thing. Very nice. Just gorge on snacks, and then probably about half five, sit down for the turkey. But you have a nighttime salmon. (laughs) I've only done it twice. (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's enough. Past two years, no? Yeah, but yeah, it's a a big whole salmon. Mm -hmm. And you, you cook it? Yeah. Do you bake it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice I little did a, roasting. A little green dip with it once in the in the shape of a fish. It was like a foamy avocadoy dip. Oh and wow! I, my mum has a jelly mold in the shape of a fish, and I did that. Wow! For the mousse. Did you put any gelatin in it to like hold it? No, no gelatin. Or did you sort of just? It didn't really. It? it didn't have the sh- kind of details of the mold, but it had the general shape. But it was in the shape. That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. And um, we're recording on the twenty second. Uh, I'm not feeling... Is it the 22nd? Yeah. I'm not feeling very Christmassy. Not yet. But I am in that sort of weird bit, like, in between Christmas and the New Year, where you don't really know what day it is, and yeah. you've lost all track of time. That's good. Haven't had a Bailey's yet, though. Ooh. The people above Can't me wait. are having a party tonight. Oh, really? It's died down a bit now, but yeah. That's good. That's and you never is. hear that on a Sunday night, so... No, it's ten past eleven. It's actually it's eleven eleven. Wow. Um, that we're recording. So that's quite an early finish for a party. Yeah. They've been doing it all day though. Oh, I'd I'd be conking out right now. <laughs> I reckon. Uh, how was how's your week been since we last spoke? Fine. Yeah, it's been good. It's only been a couple of days, but yeah. Did you have a luxurious bath? I did. Yeah, like the Romans actually with uh, yeah. olive oil. I didn't have anything to scrape it off with though. Oh. So it's it's just still on me. It's <laughs> <laughs> alright. Yeah. It's it's a great moisturizer. Yeah. I I feel very really moist. Is. Yeah. I don't blame you. I had um my work Christmas party earlier Lovely. in the week cuz I still work there. Don't know if I mentioned. I quit, but I'm still there. And that was alright. You know, it was a it was a work party. Went how work parties do. Bit of work drama. I won't go into it. Uh it was alright. It's just cool. funny seeing your, your colleagues having a drink, isn't it? It's always quite funny. Yeah, it's good. Seeing the other side of people. Yeah. And, wow, did I see some sides. 
<laughs> but anyway, uh, this week we're going to be talking about um, the legacy left by the Romans, the cultural mm-hmm. impact um, of today. But first, it's time for some... Did you know? 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 For all that's said about gladiator fighting, chariot racing was the most popular sport of its time. The Colosseum, where the gladiator gladiator fights would occur, could seat around 50,000 people, yet the Circus Maximus, which was for the chariot racing, could seat an audience of up to 250,000. 250,000? Yeah. That seems extreme. That's a lot of people. people. That'd probably be the whole of Rome, no? (laughs) Well, Rome was, yeah. There weren't that many people. It was like a million people or so? Yeah. Maybe more. Well, it was pretty, although as we know from a previous did you know, it was more densely populated than modern day New York. Yes. And then last week's did you know, it was uh, all stacked on top of each other. So look, we've learned a lot about Rome in this time, haven't we? Yes, and we're going to learn more today. Yeah, we are, we're always learning. <laughs> um, my, my did you know is a death themed this week. As in I can't hear you? As in rest in peace. Oh, <laughs> bad line. It's a bad line. Um, so they 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 had a more. Did you know that they had a more kind of casual approach to suicide, and it wasn't necessarily illegal. Um, in some cases, you may need permission from the Senate if you want to commit suicide, but in other cases, you know, you can commit suicide. However, it is illegal for criminals, soldiers, and slaves. Wow. And would you like to know why it's illegal for them? Uh, well, I can guess, but tell me. What's your guess? My guess would be is because they're, like, needed. Or exactly, yeah. tried. Yeah. Not that but, a criminal is needed, but, like, they're under law. Yeah. Um, with the criminals, it was basically because there was a loophole wherein, obviously, if you're a criminal, you might have to pay some fines for your crime. Um, but there was a loophole for for a few hundred years where you could kill yourself before the trial. Um, and then it would go through the normal inheritance laws. Well, that's pretty bleak, though, isn't it? Like, you'd rather kill yourself yeah. than pay a fine. Yeah. And then the with soldiers, um, obviously it's because they're needed to protect the empire mm. and slaves for the same reason. And But if yeah. your slave did kill themselves within six months of you purchasing them, you were entitled for a refund. As if. Yeah. The only reason they would kill themselves... Well, look, <laughs> no one wants to be a slave. But... Um, You'd, you'd have to have a really bad slave master, right? Yeah. So it's like a reward. Like, really, like, push him all the way to about five and a half months. Mm. Then he finally offs it. Refund, well, get a new one. You're already Oh, that's a loophole. <laughs> Loopholes in the system. <laughs> um, did you know that Saturnalia was a Roman pagan festival to honour the god of agriculture? Saturnalia uh, was during mid-December... Of each year, and it was to the yeah, the god of agriculture Saturnalia. More on that later. Yeah, that's Christmassy, isn't it? That's Christmassy. Uh, is Saturn the god of agriculture then? Yeah, Saturn. Saturn. No, Saturn is yeah Saturn. The sun yeah, god. The, deity. the sun god. Because it's the time of Saturnalia. year where there's very little sun. In fact, t- tonight yeah. is the longest night that we're recording. No, last night. It's two night, I think. Is it? A, I no. thought it was last. I thought it was the twenty first, but apparently it's 21st. the twenty second, according to BBC Radio Six. 
Wow. Hmm. Hello, music lovers. <laughs> um, did you know that there was a uh, a punishment, uh, a legal punishment, um, actually a, a death penalty, called, and I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, the Poena Kalai, Kalei, mm. um, which means penalty of the sack. And what that involved is getting put in a sack with snakes, chickens, monkeys, dogs, any kind of animal, mm. and then you get thrown in a river. Fuck. Really? So it, it, and it may not just be, like, sometimes it could just be a sack full of snakes, but there's cases where it was a snake, a monkey, and a chicken, or a rooster, well, even, all in a sack together. You know, some, some failing celebrities do that as a profile boost, they just go to Australia to do it. Really? Yeah, oh. a celebrity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Should have waited for the joke to land. But why Why would that, what, is it, you, I don't know, why, why would you do that? I don't know, it's just a cruel punishment. Is it? Yeah. It's what, just not, what's the idea, very... that the chicken will be drowning and then peck you? Well, the chicken, the snake and the monkey are all fighting, and they're all panicked because they're drowning. Oh. So it's just like a, just living hell for the last mm. few minutes you're alive. Yeah, I could think of worse things. Yeah. Although well, it, I would, I'd hate to drown. Yeah, and it's not, you know, some people say drowning is peaceful, but this definitely wouldn't what? be. No, well, I don't think how. Well, I don't know. I don't think it is peaceful. Breathing, not if you're gar- not if you're struggling. No, but if you if you're gonna drown, apparently, I don't know how people know this either because yeah. they must be dead. Maybe yeah. I just heard it on um, a movie. Or would something. you rather drown or burn to death? Drown, definitely. Yeah, I think me too. It's not as painful. Depends how hot the fire is. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty hot to burn you to death. But if I'm if I'm burnt to a crisp like that, oh, I see, yeah, yeah, then fair enough. Cool. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, shall we Shall we get on? Yeah. So, what are we doing today? What was the cultural impact of Rome on today's society? Ooh, very fun. Um. So we've sort of um. So we did this for for the Greeks, didn't we? I can't really remember what we did. I think architecture featured. Um. And something else, but uh, we're, we're basically looking at four different aspects of modern day life, and we're um, we're going to tell you about them and how how the Roman societies uh, and the empire itself has you know um, led forth onto us today. Yes. Um, as it's Christmas, would you like to go first? Because it's Christmas. Yeah. Uh, your present generous. to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or so, I can go first. I don't mind. Um. Well, one of the things that um, is quite prominent and is quite visual and obvious is the engineering and the architecture of ancient Rome. Um, a lot of which was originally borrowed from the ancient Greeks. Um, and it's things that we, you know, those things that they took inspiration from or they kept a tradition of from the ancient Greeks, which we would have discussed last season. Um, but there was a few things that they kind of were unique to the Romans and that they perfected. And it was like their thing um the first one and kind of maybe the most obvious one is the roads Mm. the amazingly massive expanse of roads that they built all across europe from and and africa and parts of western asia Mm. just spanning to rome yeah it's like hundreds of thousands of miles and back then all roads did lead to rome um and there'd never been anything like it and then probably i don't know if you you probably can say they're 
There has I been mean, a bit the whole world is connected this now. sort of inspiration there. Yeah. It's it's kind of like the child of our modern day infrastructure. Um, mm. But for their time, it would have been massive. And these were huge projects building these roads. Um, and that they really allowed the empire to become what it was. Without them, it wouldn't have been anything. It just wouldn't have worked. Well, you think now how long it takes to fix a pothole. Yeah. On on the way to work. Um, how long it would have taken them with uh, less uh, less technologies to be able to yeah. to build such things is really incredible. Exactly, and they weren't just slabs of concrete. They were. They had. They'd all have kind of gutters to each side of them, a whole drainage really? system. They were built with several layers of different rock and concrete. Wow. You know, they, they weren't just stones thrown on the ground. Yeah, some of them, yeah. you know, they or still survived to today. In my head, it was sort of like, I don't know, just like a bit of mud, like a little passage dug no, maybe that, yeah. a few centimetres deep, but it was it was really... Yeah, and it, uh, with that, they also had to build bridges, which hadn't really been done on, on any scale near like what the Romans did, and they built... So on this road network, I think they built over well, almost a thousand different bridges, um, and they had to traverse, and tunnels as well. Wow. They had to get through mountains, over rivers, over valleys. Um, wow. And the, the bridges is something that they kind of perfected with their arches. So mm-hmm. the Greeks had used ar- arches, but the Romans kind of really more understood what their structural significance is. And that they would make um, these massive aqueducts as well, which could carry water for like 60 miles. Um, and Rome had hundreds of aqueducts. And, and without mm. those as well, they wouldn't have been able to grow how they did. Because now you didn't have to have a city next to a river because you can just bring the river to you. <laughs> you sound like you're trying to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because, yeah, it, a lot of the things are kind of ripped off from other places and they didn't have, yeah. I don't know, the most, they're not the most innovative, thing, innovative things, but just they, they perfected them, basically. Um mm. Well, there are aqueducts, especially in Spain, that still stand today, aren't there? Well, lots of yeah. them still stand, but there's a big, big one in Spain. Yeah, I think. The, they're massive, some of them. Where, like, the arches make composing them are, like, 30 metres across. Mm. And the, the, the bridges themselves, the aqueducts themselves, are miles long. And it's, it's amazing. Incredible. They just carry water from one place to the other. That's all they do, but there's, there's so much work involved with that. They also mm. made water mills. Oh, wow. They invented the water mill, I think, as well as using other mills. Everyone's used mills, but they mm. had, you know, water power. So they're the first source yeah. of green energy. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Oh, no, um, well, it was, oh, green, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also water-themed is the bathhouses. They kind of were the fathers of the bathhouse. And, yeah, you still have those today, like in um, Budapest, there's hundreds of bathhouses. Mm. You there's, spent a nice time in one of the bathhouses, didn't you? Yeah, it's so good. The Geller bathhouse. Still, still got the swim shorts. I've got the shorts, yeah. Um, there's a bathhouse in Algeria, which was made during Roman times, that still exists and is still used as a bathhouse. Wow. Yeah. Built to last, the Roman yeah. Empire. Um, and of course, there's the what we spoke about with the Greeks was the kind of um, neoclassical architecture. But that's not just borrowed from the Greeks, that's also borrowed from the Romans. Um, and you see a lot of it in London. Yeah. Especially um, Buckingham Palace itself, you could say, is neoclassical. Um, there's the uh, 
what's it called? Marble Arch. The mm, yeah, it's and like, lots of the buildings yeah. around, like the around Bank and stuff, um, are all very uh, mm. neoclassical buildings. Saint Paul's Cathedral. Yeah. Um, wow. And what a building! What a city! Yeah, and the British Museum. Did you know that Saint Paul's Cathedral wow. did not get damaged during the? Hold on! Hold on! Did you know? Say that again. That Saint Paul's Cathedral didn't get damaged, well, significantly damaged during the Blitz. Really? Yeah. Despite Why? Its, I don't know. It just survived. I guess mm, they didn't have many. I think they're doing on work it. on it now, aren't they? Probably. Um, one other thing is the um, the the big arches that they made. Um, mm. The kind of triumph arches, um, like the arch, the triumph. Mm-hmm. That's is that? Did I say that wrong? Yeah, no, you said it good enough. That's a big rip-off of the Roman arches, which they would build after a great success in battle. Oh, really? And they're all over the world as well. And the biggest one is in Mexico. Really? Yeah. The Romans didn't make it to Mexico. No, the, these are um, arches that you know are built in more modern times, but they're based mm. directly on oh, the okay, triumphal arches yeah. from those times. And that there's um, there's a big one in Macedonia as well. Mm. Um, things that you sort of just see every day that you don't really think about the cultural significance of them or where they came from or that there could have been a time where there wasn't these things I just think it's quite mad exactly Um, there's one in London, the Wellington Arch Mm. and there's um, the Brandenburg Gate is kind of a in Germany, there's a rip off of that the Reichstag in Berlin is very neoclassical so yeah, a lot of the architecture architectural styles definitely survives um and you know we've got roads everywhere (laughs) we do yeah i might build one in my house what a road or a triumphal arch an arch yeah what for i'm gonna tell you a bit oh for my for the triumph of this series ending thank you oh which it is after this episode language latin was the uh lingua franca the most prominent language uh, of the early Roman Empire and later the Western Roman Empire, while uh, particularly in the East, indigenous languages such as Greek uh, and Egyptian, Aramaic uh, continued to be used. But basically Latin was, you know, quite widely widely used. It's like the most um, common second language. Yes. Yeah, like a shared language. Yeah. But it's not yeah. most people's first language. No, Exactly. And despite the decline of the Western Roman Empire, the Latin um, continued to flourish in um, the very different social and economical environments of the Middle Ages, so after the Roman Empire. Um, And not least, because it became the official language of the Roman Catholic Church, which I'll be telling you more about later. Um, But Latin has sort of retained its status um, it's like exactly as you said, like the vehicle of communication, um, second languages that people learnt throughout the Middle Ages, um, Renaissance, Baroque periods. Latin was like a common um, shared language. I don't know if you've seen the film on Netflix uh, that just come out about popes. Oh, the two popes. The last pope, the two popes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just saw that today. I haven't watched it. They're always speaking in Latin. What the popes? It's pretty good. Yeah. Really? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so it's I've still never, going on now. I just assumed it was Italian. 
Mm, they speak all sorts. Because when it's like about an Argentinian cardinal and a German cardinal, the German cardinal is they're speaking in Latin, Spanish, Italian, huh. English. It's a very multilingual film. But anyway, oh, Latin the is there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did speak in Latin as well. I'm well, sure the... lots of cardinals do still speak Latin. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Latin was not... Um, like taken taken over, like supplanted for scientific purposes until the 18th century, um, and for formal uh, like descriptions in zoology as well as botany, it survived to the later 20th century. And if you think about now, when you hear about um, different species of animals and stuff, um, it's always got like the 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 name, normally an English name, and then a Latin version mm. of the name. And that's the same everywhere in the world as well. They'll have their own, yeah. like even their in name. And then, you know, Russia or Japan or somewhere yeah. with a completely different alphabet. They have the, they, you have to use the Latin alphabet to, to give the Latin name. Yeah. So it survived very well. Um, it's the, the language of, well, romance comes, romance language comes from uh, ancient Rome. Uh, and it's not, not just it's about... Romantic. Talking about love, no. Um, it comprises all languages that descended from Latin, uh, Romance languages, and they're spoken by more than 920 million people as their mother tongue, and 300 people as a second language, um, mainly in the Americas, Europe, and Africa. Um, and that's used in like significantly used in 72 countries around the world, mm. which is kind of mad. Yeah, well, anyway, um, Spanish and, uh, speaking. Well, yeah, and of the United Nations six official languages, French and Spanish descend from Latin. Oh. Um, today, the Latin alphabet, um, which was spread obviously by the Roman Empire to most of Europe, um, actually derived from the Phoenician alphabet through an ancient form of Greek alphabet adopted and modified by Aristocan, Res- Etrus- Etruscan. Etruscans. That's it. Um, it's the most widespread and commonly used um, script in the world which is just obviously they took up a a big bit of space the Romans, the Roman Empire a big bit of land but really in comparison to the world it's not like it was the majority of the world no not at all Um, even though their empire has stopped spreading their language lives on and has spread on its own Exactly, and I think obviously in more recent times, as China has grown, um, the 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 uh, Mandarin Chinese languages have become a lot more um, commonly spoken. But mm. take it back maybe a hundred years, um, I think it was definitely the most common derived yeah, alphabet yeah. in the world. Um, yeah, it's just still going, even though the Roman Empire ended. Oh. That's all I got for you. Not so oh. much you can say about language. Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that is it. That's all I've got. Look, it's, it's, it's Christmas. I'm, I'm rattling through. Cool. Um, my next one's just a quick one. Uh, on what survived of the... <laughs> Look, we can, we can be bothered. We're still putting the episode out. But, you know, you want to get back to your, your pigs in blankets. Oh, your nut roasts. You don't want to be listening to us for too long. No, um... So let's wrap this up quickly. <laughs> and w- one thing that has survived um, in a form is the Roman kind of government and 
their innovations there um, in law and policy and governance. Um, and you see it, I mean, it, there's similarities all over Europe still, but a, a great example is, is the similarities between the, the government in America and how that works. Um, they even have a Senate, mm. which is named following the Roman Senate. Um, they're, they're, what's similar to <laughs> what's similar between because it's, it's hard because when I was thinking about this earlier it's like the legal system and politicians there's only one way they can be I was thinking it's yeah. like because it's so similar in every country um, or at least every western country mm. um, that you have these elected officials elected or non-elected um, and you have courts for law this is just such a common thing that hundreds of countries share on how they run their country and yeah you don't even think about it do you no um and you think that well that must be kind of the only way it has to be some form of this but before the romans it, it would have been very different um and you you didn't have this idea of you know elections before the romans in the same way or, or in, on the same scale um mm. and the same with the courts having judges presiding over them and you you bring your case to a court and the judge gives you a verdict are, are they guilty or are they not guilty and, and that's a roman innovation as well i'm sure that there's gonna be some forms of this some, yeah yeah coming up elsewhere um you know you got a little village somewhere thousands of years ago and you elect one guy to be the the master of the justice yeah, yeah the master. he says yeah. that's wrong that's right this is your punishment um that's your punishment but to have it on such a grand scale where you have all of these elected judges, um, you have a Senate which is passing legislation, which is written into law, um, you have uh, elected officials from in kind of different areas of the government, so one is the Senate, but then you might have local councils and mm. governorships, uh, and they may be able to say, well, no, like in America, there's federal laws and then state laws, and you've, you've got a similar system in Rome. Um, and in Rome, you also have this thing where, because originally the ruling class, ruling class made the laws, um, but then when they introduced uh, the tribunes of the people, who are elected by the people, and then have the power to vote against laws which might mm. have been harming them previously, and say, well, no, that law's not fair to the people I represent. So you've got a represent yeah. represent representational. Dative representative oh. <laughs> um uh representational structure ruler uh, guy yeah yeah no i, I and, understand what you're saying and that's all stuff that was born in rome um obviously in, in ancient greece they had similar things you know they had courts they had politicians mm. um but it's just this process of of these officials being elected um and being in separate branch branches of the government, which are deliberately distinct, so you don't have the same it, person it, like, it builds, ruling over uh, the court as who's ruling over Romans. making yeah yeah exactly well yeah exactly so so you might have yeah exactly had it before um, with the Greeks but like over that many years you you build on it and and it's a lot more similar with the Romans than uh, with us now than it was with the Greeks and us now yeah well exactly. Um, and it, the way the Greeks did it was, you know, we've talked about it, drawing by lots. 
and that's how mm. they had uh, governors, and that's how they chose uh, even juries. Because I, I don't think they yeah. had judges in their court, for example. Um, so it was just a decision of these people randomly elected. But now you've got people actually running for state, mm. and that's exactly pretty much how the system works in most Western countries today. Yeah. I'm going to dip your toes in the water about religion, and then I'm going to talk about the Roman Christmas. Um, There's not so much to say, but, uh, well, there obviously is, if I was a priest or something, but I'm not. Um, (laughs) So whilst um, classical Roman um, and sort of Hellenistic religion, so the the god of the sewer, for example, um, well, ultimately, the sewer god, ultimately they were... um, superseded by Christianity um, many of like the key theologies um, in like areas of um, the religion um, have characteristics um, of a, cre- a pre-Christian like theology um, so for example the existence of God um, originates with Plato um, Greek <laughs> but uh, sort of um problem of evil for example was widely discussed um among ancient philosophers um and writers like cicero who we've mentioned um and seneca um many of the answers um to the questions raised by those people was then answered later by christian um preachings or theology or whatever you want to call it mm. um christianity spread through the roman empire um, under the um, reign of Emperor Theodosius I, um, at which he, he decided that the official state church of the Roman Empire was Christianity. Um, and you were saying maybe that it... Well, not maybe. You were saying that it came from Constantinople. Um, what did? Christianity. No, no, it came from Jerusalem. Oh, well, yeah. But that it was a big hub in... Yeah, well, that, that became like the capital of the yeah. Eastern Empire, which is where it survived for so long, I think. Whereas yeah. the Western Empire, where the Vatican is today, was, wasn't really Roman anymore. Um, so Christianity also served as a conduit for preserving um, and transmitting Greco-Roman literary culture. Oh. Um, classical educational tradition in um, liberal arts was preserved after the fall of the empire by the medieval Christian university. So, what? so the, the medieval the, Christian university. Yes, the medieval Christian university. Um, Where's that? So, <laughs> I don't know where it is. I could probably tell you. No, no I could bother. probably tell you eventually. Uh, I would say it was, um, like the University of Bologna, which was founded in 1088. Oh wow! There were lots of them. Yeah, the MC University of Paris. University of Oxford, apparently. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, like yeah, universities founded in the medieval times that were yeah religious Christian. They were Christian. Yeah. Ah. Um. So that's how sort of the Greco and Roman um literary culture was transmitted to the medieval ages. Yeah. Through those um institutions, um education in the Middle Ages relied heavily on. Greco-Roman books, such as um, Euclid's Elements, which maybe we've mentioned. No, I don't think so. No? Maybe. Um, 
And yeah, but let's talk about Christmas now. Yeah? Yeah, because I'm done. I'm done with religion. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've got well, something to say. Well, yeah, I, I, I thought that, you know, it's it's quite amazing that this religion, that it fought so hard to be, to become like a proper religion. It, like mm. a thousand, I don't know how many, hundreds of years um, being persecuted and then not being persecuted. And we spoke about that before. Um, but then becoming a tool used by the empire and then living on past the empire Hmm. and spreading more like the latin language these kind of remnants of the empire that lived on and became part of the whole world's culture well Hmm. not the whole world but you know there's like one billion christians catholic christians well if you can't beat beat them join them you know you can only persecute them for so long then you gotta say all right you win but we're still in charge yeah, <laughs> I think it's when it became useful because the yeah. the Roman kind of religion was useful to them for many ways because they could say anyone's a god, like Julius Caesar's a god, but you couldn't say that if you were Christian. Mm. So true. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Saturnalia. Saturnalia. Uh, it was the Romans' midwinter knees up, a topsy turvy holiday of feasting, drinking, singing in the street naked clapping hands, gambling in public, and making noise, just like Christmas in the Pascal household. Oh, yes. Um, so whilst it was originally a holy day, it was um, very much a festive day as well. Um, the sort of normally quite rigid and conservative social restrictions are, of the Romans changed on this day, which started off as a day. Um, for example, masters served their slaves during a feast, um, adults would serve children, and slaves were allowed to gamble. Lucky them. Um, and the aristocracy, who usually would wear sort of conservative clothes, I'm thinking your blacks, your whites, your greys, robes. Yeah, robes. They whipped out, they whipped out their brightly coloured fabrics on that day, uh, such as red, purple and gold purple yeah wow i heard that was illegal really yeah i don't know where i heard N- that not on saturnalia well because it was like friend. the royal colors reserved for the emperor or something not on this not day saturnalia. yeah um this outfit was called the synthesis which meant to be put together hmm. so looking all fancy so you know like put your, pull yourself Please, together put yeah. yourself together um they would put together whatever clothes they wanted. <laughs> um, people would also wear a cap of freedom, the the pilium, pilium, which was usually worn by slaves who had been awarded their freedom. Symbolised that they were free during Saturnalia. Everyone was free. I've got a picture of one of those here. Have you? In front of me, yeah. Um, what does it look like? It's kind of like a an oversized fez, and it's it's red. It looks quite similar to Santa Claus's hat. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's like a red pointy hat. It's not super pointy, but there's some kind of triangle on it. Yeah. Is there any little yeah. white bubble? Not on this one, no. Oh. People would feast in their homes, um, as we do. Um, but there would also be like public banquets on Saturnalia. I uh, loved it. And participants would shout, Ayo, Saturnalia! The way we might greet people with Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. Um, yeah, midwinter fun. 
And now I hear, um, oh, there was, there's lots of stuff that happened about it. There's lots of history of the day. Um, Caligula, um, what, the three, something like three um, festive, like, winter events were merged. Um, and it became a seven-day holiday, running from the 17th, your birthday, to the 23rd of December, which is yeah. tomorrow. But the Emperor um, Augustus, who we know very well, shortened it to a three-day holiday, because um, it was causing chaos in terms of a working <laughs> day, and Rome literally yeah. came to a standstill. Um, later, Caligula extended it to a five-day holiday, and by the time of... Um, Macrobius in the early 5th century it had extended to almost two weeks wow <laughs> that sounds it got fun. out of hand yeah that is a long binge um did you know did you know uh <laughs> that they drank mulled wine really yeah they first off it was one one of the few occasions when they didn't dilute their wine and second off they'd have it with kind of fruits and spices in it and have it warm mm-hmm. yeah and they would fill their house with lots of green things, like plants. Yes, wreaths. Yeah. Wreaths. Yeah. Maybe little fir do. trees. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe they put lights on them. Yeah. Maybe they. Maybe they made tinsel. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen tinsel in a while. Is that out of fashion? I think it's it's bad for the environment, isn't it? Is it? It must be. They were as bad as lights, baubles. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 tinsel's horrible, mate. Oh, Google it, mate. I used to love tinsel. Anyway, have you got some kind of uh, something to end this with? Well, I was going to give you a quiz. Mm. Um, but you've answered most of the questions there. Have you got any that I haven't answered? Um, yes. Hold on. Let me just... Uh, that's it. All right, go on. Um, okay, I've got one question. <laughs> Tell Which me. Which of the following foods was certainly not... Part of a Saturnalia feast. A. Roast pork. B. Honey glazed ham. C. Turkey and mashed potato. Or D. Roast goose. And why? Hmm. Roast pork. So, honey glazed roast ham. Pork, honey turkey glazed and ham, mash. Turkey and mash. Roast <laughs> goose. It seems weird that they put turkey and mash together and that none of the <laughs> other ones have. have you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's taken a from a, a very badly designed quiz so i'm gonna go turkey and mash for the reason of they didn't have turkeys um and they hadn't yet learned how to mash their potatoes <laughs> um that's the correct answer i think mm. it's to do with the potatoes actually because they wouldn't have they had couldn't potatoes. Grow them in that climate I, I don't think potatoes had been invented or you know discovered at that point Just potatoes are quite a they're a recent thing are they yeah they may I have had turkeys. When were potatoes? Potatoes, like even when they were discovered, discovered. no one wanted to eat them. Really? Were, yeah. Oh, bro. Potato was first domesticated in the region of modern-day southern Peru and northwest Bolivia around 8,000 to 5,000 BC. Well, in the Western culture. Yeah. Wow. The potato it arrived in Europe sometime before the end of the 16th century. Yeah. The first in Spain around 1570 and the second via the British Isles between 1588 and 1593. Yeah. That is mental. And I didn't even eat them when they first arrived. What did they do with them? Because they, they carried like diseases and stuff. Well, they thought they did. Uh, well, they could do. Yeah. Those little things to grow off them. More potatoes. 
But you know, like when like they yeah, they get little arms little and things. legs, little nubbins. Yeah. Don't like yeah. the nubbins. They creep me out a bit. Yeah, me too. They're just—I think they're their roots, aren't they? Because they—they took. Though I think if it was underground, that would grow another potato. Something like that, yeah. It'd grow I a don't potato know. Plant. Like, this isn't that's all potatoes now. No. You know? I know you. You if you wanna, the potato is the seed is the potato. Mm. So if you wanna grow a potato, you have to have a potato. What came first? The potato or the potato? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good question. Exactly. All right. We and there'll be lots day? more questions like it that we will answer for you next season. Yeah, so that is episode six. Finished the end of season two of uh, your favourite history podcast. Um, it's been a blast this season, hasn't it? Yeah, I've, I've been learning lots of stuff. Me too. I never knew so much about all these emperors, especially in the early episodes. kind of knew about Aurelius, Commodus, Caligula, because we've seen that show. Um, but I didn't know barely anything um, about Augustus. Or how the Roman Empire was formed. Um, that's episode one and two, if you want to go back. Or really about Tiberius. So, yeah. And there's so much that we haven't had the chance to cover. And so much that we can't cover, you know, fully either. But in it's such a just, short period of time. There's a wealth of stuff. And it is quite interesting. And it's fun to, fun to know. It might come up in a pub quiz one day. You never know. A really good one. And maybe the hope, once it reopens in Peckham... Yeah, or hosted by quiz.dog www.quiz.dog Yeah, that's it Well remembered <laughs> <laughs> Right, um, next season we will be returning on the 16th of January and it's going to be something new Something new, a surprise so, Something different, something exciting Yes um, Yeah, can't wait to see you then um, In the meantime over this festive period. Maybe you've got a new iPhone for Christmas. Or a, or a Google phone. Or a Huawei. Maybe you've got a new phone for Christmas. Bloody hell, mate. He's on the wine. <laughs> Christmas really is it. Um, <laughs> oh. Alright. Let me just... I'll take it home. Um, in the meantime. Yeah, so you got a new phone this Christmas. You know what you're going to do. You're going to download Twitter and Instagram straight away, aren't you? You social fiends. Um, so why not... Give us a follow on uh, Instagram and Twitter at That's All Ancient. Um, then open up your web browser, go to That's All Ancient dot com, and leave us a, a a review. That's what I want for Christmas. What reviews? What about you? Yeah, reviews I want and ratings. Something to clean my desk up because it's it's covered in coffee now. All right, well we're gonna go. Um, <laughs> Happy Christmas! <laughs> I've been Pascal, and I've been Jacob, and That's All Ancient, all ancient history, history now. now. Go get See a cloth, ya. mate. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh well, that's all ancient history now.